Welcome to IdeaGen TV. Today we are excited to have with us Matt Hellman, U.S. Sustainability Strategy Leader at Microsoft. Matt leads Microsoft sustainability, go-to-market strategy for the U.S., specializing in commercial sustainability and emerging tech sector strategy. Matt is deeply passionate and effective at developing and applying creative strategies, practices, and technologies to manage and navigate the challenges of developed and emerging markets. Matt, welcome. Thanks, George. And you, know, you come to us with an incredible background here. You're changing the world. You're obviously extremely happy to be changing the world. It's a privilege to be in a position to be changing the world. And today as well, you have an incredible guest with you, Anne Rosenberg. Senior Vice President for Sustainability at Wood. Prior to joining Wood, Anne was Senior Vice President and Global Head of SAP NextGen, connecting the United Nations and industry with academic thought leaders and researchers, students, startups, accelerators, tech community, partners, purpose-driven partners, venture firms, futurists, all to reimagine the future of industries and the intelligent enterprise and disruptive innovation with startups and building skills for digital futures. Anne is also a co-founder and launched the SDG Ambition in, part, in partnership with the United Nations Global Compact and serves as an advisor for climate at the World Economic Forum. And welcome as well. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be part of this conversation today. Well, it's our pleasure at IdeaGen TV to be hosting both of you for this incredible incredible and incredibly inspiring power chat between the two of you. Matt, take it, take this away and help, help to frame these questions in a way that I know will inspire millions when they watch this programming on IdeaGen TV. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, George. Um, and, and welcome to IdeaGen TV. It is such a pleasure to have you join me today. I have been such a fan of yours, um, following you on LinkedIn, Clubhouse, uh, in uh, other forums around the world, and uh, am just such a fan of the work that you're doing to help fight our climate crisis, to, to make the world a more sustainable place, and uh, just super excited about the work that you're doing, as well as the work that Wood is doing around energy transition and sustainability with uh, customers and partners. So excited to be here. So to kick things off, maybe where we could start, I know George just stated you recently joined Wood. Can you share a little bit more about your role at Wood, your background and how you became so passionate about sustainability? So um, first of all, I joined Wood beginning of the year. And um, if you look at where I come from, so I'm Danish. Um, I do live in US uh, where I've been living the last uh, eight years. Uh, but as a native Dane, um, sustainability is something that is part of your DNA. Um, Denmark is also, just to break a little bit, the number one country in the world on sustainability and also on, on, on the whole sector about clean energy. And um, so I think just, just the person that I am, um, sustainability have always been part of what I was doing. And in my 20 years at SAP, uh, where I've been doing digital transformations around the world, 
it's always been from a strong sustainability perspective. Um, when I had the opportunity to move to New York from Silicon Valley for around five years ago, it was when uh, the 17 Global Goals was launched by uh, United Nations. And I had the opportunity to build a huge uh, innovation space at Hudson Yard that I dedicated for UN because I, I kind of realized that when you do innovation, when you work with technology, you are doing it for something really smart, bigger than just being efficient and be smart the way you do things. It's really for a better world and for better humanity. Um, so when COVID hit the world here, beginning of the year, it was, it, it was I was at the World Economic Forum like many others were, and I announced the ambition that we speak about later later in the interview. Um, uh, that was in January uh, 2020, beginning of 2020. One month afterwards, the whole world, you know, uh, COVID was everywhere. And that was where I kind of realized that if you really want to go out and change the world, world with a sustainability focus in mind, um, you need to go in and work with infrastructure. Um, so at Woodwood is an engineering company. It is more than 160 years old. It is a, a global company all over the world. It's out of Scotland. Um, and it is all about uh, infrastructure projects. Uh, so at Wood, uh, we work uh, within the oil and gas, but also we work with governments, we work with EU, we work with, with UN, uh, we work with the industrial uh, sector. We work really with big infrastructure projects around sustainability. And this is what you see right now, what is happening in the world as we are coming into the post-COVID world, is that with the net zero, we are talking about huge, huge transformational infrastructure project all over the world that is required. Also, when you talk about the circular economy and so on and so forth. And that's why I'm excited to be part of Wood. Uh, so at Wood, I'm, as mentioned, responsible uh, for uh, sustainable development. I'm an SVP for sustainable, uh, sustainable development uh, infrastructure around all over the world. Uh, and I'm so excited about bringing the knowledge that I have from my technology background, but also the knowledge that I have for working with you in uh, into Wood. I love it. Well, and I think it's such a perfect transition. Uh, you know, the topic of sustainability is top of mind for many businesses and organizations. We've got the um, Earth Week happening this week, but also a lot of uh, governments and, and organizations around the world are, are focused on uh, reducing their carbon emissions over the next uh, you know, 10 or so years. Can you share why sustainability is so important and why they should care, and they being businesses, organizations, governments? I, I think what, what I mean, it's always been important. Uh, and then you can say, but why have we not put it into the key of what we were doing when we run big digital transformation project or when we design product or when we build infrastructure? Why has that not been the key before? And, and I think I think that's more, more the shift that we are seeing now. Um, there's no doubt about it what COVID have uh, shown the world is what can be achieved when you go into strong public-private partnerships because there's no doubt about it when the 17 global goals came out for for a little bit more than five years ago now it is a really really big uh, uh, target to to be able to achieve them uh, by 2030 but I think uh, what we were able to do around COVID and come up with vaccines in 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 almost no time uh, have shown the world that you can actually go in and challenge and really solve some of the, some of the biggest issues of the world like climate 
the issue we have around climate. And I also think that what COVID has showed all of us, whatever you are the private sector or the public sector or just a human being of this world, is that uh, you need to act and you need to, you, you, you know, we, I think we all felt this, it become very personal what we just went through with COVID. And that's why I think people are looking at the 17 global goals, in this case, when we talk about climate in a whole other way that we did before. And there's no, all companies right now are coming up with, with, well, with big net zero uh, uh, ambitions. And you also see the whole investment community really going in now. So, so you can say, no matter where you look right now, there is really a consolidated, united movement uh, where everybody's coming together to work together on this big issue that we have with climate. No, I, I love that. and. You know, I know you had mentioned earlier, Anne, about some of the work uh, that you were launching at the World Economic Forum last year around the UN, uh, the SDG ambition that you partnered with the UN Global Compact to launch. Can you tell us a little bit more about this launch and how that could potentially help some of those organizations as they're thinking through building out their net zero or net negative goals? So it is the SDG ambition, I could just show it right here. And I actually would like to start talking about how this whole thing came around. Uh, so together with Lisa King, who was the former CEO of UN Global Compact, uh, it was the summer of 2019, and we just had had the high political forum taking place at UN. And uh, we were a couple of years into that companies and governments was implementing the 17 Global Goals, but we couldn't see uh, any improvements. And we wondered why can we not see any improvement? And that's where we came up with idea, Lisa and I, um, actually at a Danish bakery, which is just outside the UN building, uh, uh, where we're sitting and brainstorming about what is going on here. And we begin to talk about when you implement the 17 global goals, uh, it's, you talk about that you need to change the business model, you need, to, you, know, you need to fundamentally change the way you run your business. And in the SDG ambition, the first thing we came up with uh, was a framework. And the framework is really where you're going to make sure that you bring in the SDGs into your vision mission statement, into your governance model, into the way you do reporting, which is one of the work that we do together with Microsoft Wood about carbon reporting. You make sure when you go into entire operation, your supply chain, you, you, uh, uh, you, your whole way of selling your products or, or your procurement processes, all the processes within the company need to use the ESG as the design principles and how you define the processes. And then, of course, you need to make sure that the underlying technology is supporting this. And then you need to make sure the way you do storytelling and go to matter of your company actually fulfilled this too and is aligned with the, with the ESG design that you've done with your company. So this is part one of the SDG ambition. Second part of the SDG ambition is that we took the 17 global goals that really is being built for governments and we translate them into 10 business benchmarks uh, where one of the most, most known one is the 1.5. And this is benchmarks that uh, it is ambition and benchmarks based on a huge amount of, of incredible uh, uh, ESG frameworks that exist today. And those ambitions are then um, mapped down to underlying business process, process data, data models, and underlying technology. So that is the framework. So when you sign up to 1.5, you exactly know how to measure. You know exactly what process area, what data, 
and what underlying technology that you need within your industry to be able to go in and build your net zero roadmap. The interesting thing we found out when we did the uh, SDG Ambition Grid was a two years uh, uh, piece of work uh, that was completed um, in end of 2020, was that there is actually a technology gap on 35% on across all the 10 uh, business benchmarks that represent the 17 global goals. And if you go into uh, climate, there is actually a 7% technology gap. And that's also the reason why you see a huge amount of investment going into clean tech now, building up new technology solutions. Uh, so it is a very exciting time we are in right now as being an engineering company or being a technology company, software company, because um, there's so much uh, incredible software that is being designed right now, uh, supporting the ambitions. So the first business benchmark launched was business ambition for 1.5 degrees uh, Celsius. And can you share more about this launch and how it differs from the SDG ambition that you just shared? Yes, yeah, so the um, 1.5 uh, was the first ambition and it actually was launched before we came out with the SDG ambition. Um, and it's also that ambition that most companies have been uh, signing up to, of course, also based on the acceleration and focus on climate. Um, but now there is now nine additional ambitions because uh, we saw with the UN Global Compact, uh, when companies are signing up to an ambition, uh, they are also accountable for doing uh, reporting up against this framework to uh, UN Global Compact. And to support the implementation under 1.5 and also the selection of other ambitions, that uh, UN Global Compact is right now running an accelerator uh, where companies around the world who's member of UN Global Compact have been signing up to the ambitions um, are going to a number of you know educational accelerations to help them to do the implementation. Um, what I think is excited about the ambitions is the accountability. Uh, one thing is to sign up to something you would like to do and achieve, but it is this like um, community that you are in within the UN Global Compact that you are accountable to 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 uh, report up against this, and of course up against your stakeholders and and so on and so forth. Um, another interesting thing that I saw beginning of the year that I think many of you listening in here also uh, saw was the corporate night came up with um, a rating which was around the uh, really the ambition around uh, net zero. And uh, what we saw in that rating was that uh, Snyder was number one and Ursula number two. And it has been a rating that many corporations really have been looking at and applying. Um, and in that uh, corporate night, there was actually a number of different um, frameworks that were used uh, to measure up against um, um, uh, 1.5. So there's no doubt about it. Uh, now the, the 1.5 ambition is being applied by many, many companies around the world. Uh, and we also see the accelerations of the additional nine ambitions that is part of this ambition framework. To get more information about it, you really just go in the UN Global Compact sites and um, write UN Global Compact SDG ambition, 
And uh, you will, um, there's a number of uh, great readings, like the reading uh, that I shared before, um, which is the methodology framework. Then there is information about the 10 um, ambitions. Then there is data sheets where you can go and read about specific of each of the ambitions. Uh, and of course, um, if you're not a member of Beyond Global Compact today, you should definitely become a member of Beyond Global Compact. Uh, the community network that is the in UN Global Compact is amazing, and they have uh, UN Global Compact chapters in most countries around the world. Uh, so, so I'll definitely inspire you to that uh, to, to look into this. I love it. I think it's so important to have such strong calls to actions, and both of those. Uh, ambitions and communities and you know methodologies are so critical and important for for really driving change and uh, success. So to kind of round out my my last question, you know, we discussed earlier in the call that sustainability is top of mind for so many businesses and organizations and governments at this time. However, it's very difficult for a lot to understand where do I start? Uh, where do I build this path to success? And the journey can be daunting. So what advice can you give to CEOs, to leaders, to managers on how to define and deliver an ambitious net zero and carbon reduction target and path? Uh, so, so, so first of all, um, and this is also what we see with companies now, they should take the net zero as the really most strategic key of, of the company, what they need to do. And when they go out with the commitment, that's the reason why, as I mentioned earlier, they need to bring it into an all governance structure within their company where every single line of business are, uh, are getting uh, goals they need to uh, achieve to be able to support the all companies one point five net zero uh, uh, targets. By saying that, and be working with technology for the last 20 years, doing big transformational projects. I remember around 10, eight years ago when I moved to Silicon Valley and the whole conversation was around exponential technologies and how companies was really redefining businesses and building up new way of opportunities and product and so on and so forth. This is exactly what we see here, the same thing, that we, we, we have all the technology we need at hand. For sure, we need some new technology in green and clean tech, but we have the, the underlying technology uh, um, like the uh, blockchain and AI and you know all the great exponential technologies, enterprise software that can be used and applied. But now what we need to do is that we, we need to go in when we run those big projects that companies have done for year after year, they need to put in DSG as the design principles. And then there's a second thing I want to say is that we have historically been very linear in the way we were running businesses. I mean, of course, there is exceptions, but people have done some totally different. Uh, um, and uh, But we've been very linear in the way we, we, we define and build businesses. What it takes now to become net zero by 2050 or achieve any of the other 17 global goals of SDG ambitions, it needs much more a scenario planning approach. And uh, for two years ago, um, um, I wrote a science fiction book for enterprises. And why did I do that? That was simply because I could see that 
we have all this great technology, but if we and, and we want to reach the 17 global goals, and that's not linear to do that, that's where it require whole new thinking. And this is what science fiction is all about. And the book is actually turned into a historical book where I went 100 years back in time and I begin to see a pattern between science fiction movies and things that is, 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 is here today. And then you ask yourself, when that science fiction movies was created for 30 years ago, so 40 years ago or 10 years ago, did you at that time know that there was a dedicated product, a dedicated way of doing things coming out of that? Maybe, maybe not. But the science fiction mindset is helping you to, to come up with scenarios that is not linear. And that's why you should really go on a time traveling and say, I'm in 2050 now and we are net zero. And then you should say, what would that take? How would that look like? And then you should travel back to today, 2021. And that is input to your roadmap. And you should keep on doing that as things are evolving over time. It's the same thing if you look at COVID. I don't think anybody beginning of 2020 could have imagined that we have all the vaccines at hands as we have today in such a short term. And that is, I think there's a lot of science fiction things happening during COVID uh, where people, because we're forced to come up with solutions in no time. So therefore, I can say to, 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 to all the great people out there who are putting up big net zero goals right now and targets, it's time to work with science planning, science fiction mindsets, uh, and in your design of solutions. Uh, and without saying anything, I think we see some great companies today who definitely are built by um, people who definitely use science fiction uh, to rethink the way we're doing things. So. Um, so that's some of my advice. Well, thank you so much, Anne. I so appreciated your time, your expertise, the work that you are doing now with the United Nations, with uh, all of the various organizations you're partnering with, with Wood, uh, is just so inspirational. And I am, I am so appreciative of the hard work and energy that you're putting in to help organizations helping the world, you know, track towards, you know, a net zero, net negative world. So thank you so much. And George, I will turn it back over to you. Thank you. Anne and Matt, thank you so much for the inspiration. It's so amazing to see all of the incredible work that would together with Microsoft are pursuing to literally achieve the global goals of the United Nations. As you know, at IdeaGen, we are committed to helping to connect the dots to achieve the global goals by creating awareness, partnerships, et cetera, across the planet. And this conversation today inspired not only myself, but will inspire so many millions that will see this interview and understand the importance of connecting these dots. Ann Rosenberg, Senior Vice President for Sustainability at Wood, Together with Matt Hellman from Microsoft, U.S. Sustainability Strategy Leader at Microsoft. IdeaGen TV, presented globally by Microsoft. Thank you. <laughs>